a smartphone. Um, if you do have a smartphone, that's good too. You can look it up in different versions. But last week we started a message series, Listening to His Voice. I trust that you were encouraged, got something out of that, and that you've been marinating on it this week. What frequency are you dialed into? Tuned into His frequency and positioning and posturing ourselves to hear His voice. You know, there's only one voice that we can trust. And it's the voice of the Spirit uh, who lives inside of us. Jesus said that it was to our advantage, John 16, for him to go away. When he was here in human form, he could only be in one place at one time, speaking to groups of people. But when he uh, ascended to the Father and is seated now in his session, interceding for you and I, he's the great intercessor who's interceding on our behalf to assure that everything that he provided through his death is given to his children. Amen. One person agrees and wants that. I don't think that we have a trust problem, actually. I'm sorry, a truth problem. We, we know what the truth is. We have a trust problem when it comes to his voice. Um, God has been speaking since the beginning. We established last week that he is still speaking and that he is multilingual. He speaks all kinds of dialects and accents, and that's not just Spanish, Greek, Hebrew, English, that is through music, through film, through poetry, uh, through nature, through art, through science. Don't give up on science. God is speaking. It's a noisy world. How many would agree that it's a noisy world out there? Lots of things grabbing for our attention, and a lot of things are doing a good job. I told you last week that the statistic is that we look at our phones and social media 85,000 times a year. Do the math. 80, 85,000 times 360, or divided by 365. That's a lot of times every day. Some are incredibly good at grabbing our attention, and drawing us in. So why don't we always hear his voice as well as we might? Are we listening to for a religious agenda? See, a lot of times we've been taught certain things that God does and God doesn't do. And because of that religious upbringing, we are expecting him to speak in a certain way. And then when it's not that way, but still his voice, we don't uh, listen to it or heed it. A lot of times, I've, I've been this way before in my life. I'm listening for that. Don't do that. Don't, don't go there. Don't watch that. Don't listen to this. So we're always in that negative vein of listening. For, why don't you start listening and dialing into the frequency of what he says you can do and what you do have and who you are. We might find it difficult to hear because of distractions. All types of distractions. Um, we presented also last week that his voice is constant and it brings clarity. One of the ways that we can know that it, the, it is the Father speaking to us by the Spirit who lives in us is it never brings confusion. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says that God is not the author of confusion but of peace. So if it's bringing peace Leading in the direction of peace, it's his voice. So we have established now that he still speaks. Can we say amen to that? So I would suggest to you 
that the spirit of consistency is what God has said, is what God is still saying, new covenant, and what he will continue to say to his children. I would suggest also that we go to his promises because uh, they are still true today and we need to trust them and we need to go listen to what he has said to us before. How many of you believe that God has spoken to you? Dream, vision, music, prophecy, or you've heard an audible voice or an inner voice? Almost every hand in the building is up. Sometimes we need to go back and recall what he has said to us because it's still the same. He hasn't changed his mind. John 14, 26 says, But the Helper, Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance, underline that, all things that I said to you. One of the assignments that the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you has is to remind you of what Jesus has said. The words of Jesus have shaped the course of history more than any other human voice. So it's consistent. He's not going to change. If he said in his In the scriptures, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Do you think that has changed? Absolutely not. Because he's consistent. It's not like when I was a kid, we would pick up one of those flowers. I don't know what it had, the white petals on it, a little yellow center. And you would say, she loves me. She loves me not. She loves me. She loves me not. And when you got to the end, that last one, if she loves you not, you're in trouble. But if you pick that flower up and you start saying, Jesus loves me, it's Jesus loves me, and Jesus loves me, and Jesus loves me. Why? Because he loves you with an everlasting love, and that's what he has already said about you. In John 6, 63, Jesus speaks again, and he says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, so that would be his voice, They are spirit, which that word there is pneuma, or breath. So the words that he speaks give breath, and they are life. What do you do when it's taking longer than you thought it would to hear God's voice? When you have gone through disappointment after disappointment, discouragement after discouragement, People have failed you, preachers have failed you, churches have failed you, the medical report isn't getting any better, the bank account isn't growing, and you are drowning, all of these things are drowning out the voice of God and distracting you. I I believe to stay in faith, we've got to ask the Holy Spirit, get get a hold of this, for divine recall. If I've heard my wife pray that once, I've heard her pray it many times that the Holy Spirit would give us divine. You know, we would pray that over our children when they were about to take a test. Divine recall. Then I would have to tell some of them, I hope you studied. (laughs) Because if you didn't study, you ain't going to recall anything. (laughs) Remember what he has said. Go back to those promises. Go back to what he whispered to you in the night hours. 
Listen, he doesn't tell you something that he's going to do something and then not come through. The enemy, our adversary, would love for us to forget all of God's promises. He would love for us to forget what God showed us or revealed to us. So stop focusing on the problem. Jesus' words never focused on the problems, only the solutions. Get into the, the New Testament and begin to study the life of Jesus. Look at what he did. And when he encountered people, he didn't talk to them for 25 minutes about their problem. He immediately spoke the solution over their life. A lot of counseling could be dealt with if we would bring solutions into the situation by speaking what God has already said over those situations. Begin to thank God for what he has already said. Why? Because he's still saying it. He hasn't changed his mind. Why are so many people discouraged in the church? I'm not talking about the world right now. Let's hone in on the church. Why are so many people discouraged within the body of Christ today? I think it's because we've been trained, taught, and might even believe that he doesn't speak anymore. There are 40, I told you this last week, 40,000 denominations in America, and several of those, hundreds of them actually, teach and believe what is called cessation. They believe that all of the gifts have ceased. They believe that all that God was going to say, He already said, and it's recorded in the Scriptures. I believe that this is the written Word of God. These are the words that God spoke and men penned. But I don't believe that He's not speaking anymore. Dallas Willard said that one of the most despairing things is to be taught that there was a creator who com- wants to communicate with you, but he did everything that he was going to do with he- his communication within the written pages. That would be like me wanting to have a relationship with Lisa, seeing her, meeting her every day, but I wrote her a letter when we started dating 14 years ago, and I've never verbalized anything else to her our whole marriage. And every time she wants to talk, I just hand her that letter again. She probably would be happy with that. (laughs) It better be a good letter. And it is, but we said it last week. If this is all we ever have and we can't grow, stay with me for just a second. Did men and women hear from God in the Old Testament? Abraham did. Moses had a burning bush experience. You can go throughout all of the scripture. God spoke to them. What if the guys that came to the New Testament believed that all God was ever going to say or do was contained within those pages and because all they had were the Pentateuch, the history books, the law books, the poetry books, and the prophets of the old. That's that's all they had. So those in the New Testament grew beyond what had been penned as word of God's in the Old Testament. Move with me. In the early church, the first century, these books had not been compiled in the New Testament yet as a book of New Testament letters. 
They were hearing from the voice of God and responding to the voice of God and having daily communication so they grew beyond even what was been written. And Acts tells us that we are living epistles still being written so if they're going to be written then they have to be heard before they're put down on paper and lived out. He is still speaking and he's still saying what he's always said but people have been taught and some don't even believe that he speaks. That brings discouragement. Begin to ask the Holy Spirit to help you remember what Jesus has said to you. Maybe it was a sermon. Maybe it is a song. Maybe it is a, a, a verse of poetry. Maybe it's getting outside in nature and hearing the birds sing or the wind blow or the ocean roll by. I don't know what it is, but if you will ask the Holy Spirit to remind you, because what he says overrides what you see. It's on the screen. Write that down. Remember that. What he says overrides what you see. Maybe you feel as though you'll never receive your answer, but I hear the Lord saying, what I began in you, I will complete. That's a promise. If you feel the oppression of the adversary, remember, he said, I am fighting for you. The battles are not yours and no weapon formed against you will prosper. Did I not tell you that I'm preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemies? When we allow Holy Spirit to do his work, he will teach us and help us to remember what God has said to us then when we remember that, it will encourage us. Can I help you for just a second? His words are not full of anger, and they're never cross or harsh. Didn't say they wouldn't be direct, but we have a good, good father who's not angry with you anymore, according to Isaiah 54, verses 8 through 10. Go read it. His words are full of love and acceptance and affirmation. His voice is full of freedom and forgiveness. His words give us authority and our identity. I've said this many times, but it's good to review. Any voice that would tell you to... Let me say this right, because the Holy Spirit will give us direction sometimes and tell us to do something. But let's say that there's been a mistake, a failure in your life and then the, the adversary will come to you and tell you to redouble your efforts. He, a voice that deals with activity, constantly doing things, praying more, giving more, reading more, and doesn't deal with your identity because the Father will always speak to your identity. And in your identity, He will remind you things that you should be doing because there's lots of oughts in the New Testament that you ought to be doing as sons. So the voice of the adversary will say, do, do, do. The voice of the father will always say, I've done, I've done, I've done. I will, I will, I will. And he'll remind you of your identity. Jesus spoke and proclaimed and is still proclaiming the kingdom of God. That was his main message. He said, I come preaching the kingdom. The kingdom is not something that we're waiting on. The kingdom is something that is already here. 
And if we, if we believe that the kingdom is out there somewhere and we're waiting to get there, we won't hear the voice of the Father speaking inwardly to us about what the kingdom is doing and in his, how it is in operation right here, right now. God wants to speak to you now, not when you see him face to face. Now, if you would rather have a face-to-face conversation, we can arrange that. Just see me after service. I'm just joking. The greatest disservice we could ever do to anyone is to tell them that God's not talking to them and that he won't talk to them until they line up with certain rules that we've put in place. John 10... If you want to flip over to John 10, I would encourage you to read the whole chapter. I'm going to show you something in context. A lot of times when we take things out of context, we don't see the full picture of what God is trying to say. But in John 10, verse 1, he speaks to the fact that his sheep hear his voice. And, oh, I hear the voice of God right now. You hear that? He's speaking on someone's cell phone. And he's saying to them, you didn't listen to the announcements. to turn." <laughs> but he said, most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door of, is the shepherd of the sheep. Verse 3, here it is. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep do what? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a sheep. Listen, sheep, it's innate. It's already in you to hear the shepherd talk to you. Now, yes, it can be learned, it can be honed, we can learn how to dial into that frequency, but it's something that as a sheep who's entered through, Jesus said, I am the door, and if you've entered in the door, then you are. it's in you to hear the Father's voice. Then we'll jump down to verse 10, and it says, the thief comes but for to kill, steal, and destroy. We're not going to deal with that today, we've talked about that. He said, but I have come to do what? Give you life. I believe that it is the will of the Father for you to enjoy life right here, right now. One of the ways that we can enjoy life, if you'll look at the context of John 10.10 and you compare it to other scriptures in John that he said, my words are life. So when he's speaking to you, those words are spirit and they bring life and he wants you to enjoy life, and many aren't enjoying life because they're not listening to his voice. Hmm. His voice, when you will listen to it, will cause you not to worry. You'll have peace in the midst of the storm. You'll have faith to believe for the impossible. You will have courage to defeat giants. You'll have endurance to outlast opposition. Why? Because the voice of a father empowers a son. So when the, the voice of the father is speaking to you and you have this in that you are in relationship, matter of fact, it's a covenant relationship, 
that you can hear his voice. What he says will always override what you see. When Jesus showed up, John 12, 49, he says, I only say what the Father tells me to say. Remember today what he said to you. All things are possible if you what? Believe. That, that's, that's the voice of what the Father is speaking over us today. He confidently said that he has overcome the world. He says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So if you're feeling weighed down, if you're feeling the pressures of the world, if you're feeling the pressures of religion on you and that yoke is choking you out, remember that Jesus said that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He said, did I not tell you that you can do it? I have a word for some of you today. If you want to receive this as confirmation in your spirit or the Holy Spirit speaking to you, that's up to you. But he says he's got your back. He says, I've given you authority and power. When Jesus speaks, lives are transformed. And the trajectory of people's lives are altered as they hear and heed the voice of the Father. Can I just remind you a few things in closing of what happens when Jesus speaks? Are you ready? Demons flee. You can get happy anytime you want. Come on, Frank. When Jesus speaks, and I believe that he still speaks, dead things live again. When Jesus spoke in the New Testament, and when he speaks today, diseases are cured. Darkness is dispelled. You can go on and on and on. Here's a key. I hope this is going to be on the screen. This is one of those times you need to screenshot it or write it down. Expectation is the key to manifestation. I wish I had time to go into this book that I've been reading on quantum physics, quantum science, and the kingdom, and the parallels, and experiments that have been done, and when they expect certain results in science, it manifests to what they've been expecting. That's just proving that in the kingdom of God, your expectation will manifest. And I know that that word manifest is getting kicked around a lot and it's been used in new age and all these types of things, but it's a kingdom word. The manifestations of the sons of God is what the earth is groaning for. But if the sons of God don't believe that the voice of God is still speaking to them, then they don't expect for certain things to manifest and will never be seen as sons of God. And that was a mouthful, but it was real good. So the question is, are you expecting to hear God's voice? Because if you're expecting it, it will manifest. I believe I hear him saying to you today that he, you are his beloved. I, so glad that Frank picked that song out. We didn't talk about it. But you are his beloved. He's love, he is loving you with an everlasting love.
Father, I pray that you would strengthen your children's faith. They would realize that you're bringing them to a place of rest. Would you stand with me if you can all over the building and I don't know what he's doing, but he's speaking. He is speaking right now. Listen to him. You are his sheep, and you can hear his voice this morning. Speak, Holy Spirit. I release you to move in your gifts in the body right now in Jesus' name. pray that you would, Holy Spirit, to begin to work with your sons and your daughters in dreams and visions. Not because of the pizza they ate last night, but because you're moving on them. And you want to speak to them through those dreams and visions. Vivid clarity. Holy Spirit says he's going to begin to speak to some of you in an audible voice. Don't think it's strange when he begins to speak to you. Father, we're expecting to hear your voice in music, in film, in drama, in entertainment, in art, in nature, in our reading, and in our, in, even in, your, in science. We pray that you would begin to reveal more and more to us about who you are so that we can see more and more about who we really are. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for talking to us, Daddy. I believe that the Father is saying to love your enemies and to pray for those that persecute you. And that's a tough one. That's a whole new level of love. Some of us need to hear him saying that he no longer works in the area of an eye for an eye. In a world that's been on revenge, Jesus is saying we don't work in payback or fight back. We pray for those that persecute us. Just spend a moment worshiping and see what the Father wants to say to us this morning. 